Hello and welcome to Declassified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming and uh, other BS. Of course, you already know that if you've been listening to us. It's a lot of BS in some gaming news. Uh, <laughs> I 80% am, BS, 20% news. Yeah, it's a nice 80-20 blind, kind of like that uh, cheap ground beef at the store. But I am one of your hosts, <laughs> Hill House. And I'm just uh, And we are about to bring it. Here we go. Here we go. Um, So I actually was kind of hoping this week to play some new games and I disappointingly did not keep up my promise on that. So I did not really tackle any new games. I saw that you tackled multiple new titles that were not, you know, just overwatch or call of duty. So yeah, I'm proud yeah. of you, but I, I'm very disappointed in my lack of conviction to the process. <laughs> no, I hear you. I understand. And, but you know, there's, <laughs> I was, I've kind of been digging through some of the games and looking at them, and there's a couple that I would like to play, uh, but, you know, there's nothing really grabbing my attention. And so, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I kind of went ahead and I played, uh, you know, disappointingly, I did play one new game. And uh, actually, I played two that I haven't played before, and, uh, um, well, that's not true. Uh, one of them I never played before. <laughs> the other one I did play on Xbox, but I tried it on PC. Uh, mm-hmm. First first one I tried was uh, Untitled Goose Game. Which I saw you playing. And yeah, I have a new title for it. Shit. I hated it. I didn't like it. <laughs> it was absolute crap. It was extremely frustrating. The only thing that I can say about it that I did like is the artwork and the music. And that was really about it. Um, yeah, I think it's... That game is really targeted at people that need a time killer yes. or they just like um, effing around. It would or, be a great um, mobile game. Are really addicted to almost, it's not unsolvable puzzles, but puzzles that don't help you out much. Oh, they don't help you at all. Yeah. And that's why it's really good on the Switch. Like on the Switch, I think it's a great choice. Yeah. You have no clue what you're doing. And then all of a sudden it says you did something. And I'm like, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I did like about it was that it didn't hold your hand through the puzzles, but I could understand how at the end of the day, you don't feel like you'd really did much because it took you so long to figure out what in the world you were supposed to do. You know? Yeah. It took me 40 minutes just to figure out I was supposed to steal the guy's keys in the garden. And I was, I was like, okay, this is taking me forever to do. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolute crap, but you know, I mean, I can see how a lot of other people would like it, but I just, I just did not enjoy it at all. It it just felt like it was very monotonous. It was very slow. And uh, yeah, it wasn't for me. <laughs> I was just saying that I'm wondering if we're just both not a high enough IQ to get Untitled Goose Game. Because I'm pretty sure I played an hour and a half and barely got past where you were when I saw where you were. So yeah. I, haven't, I haven't gotten past that first area either. Yeah, but I, I mean, I would think that you would be able to do it. I mean, you're way smarter than I am. And I think that you would be able to figure that out. But I, I just, I just didn't get the idea, you know, and that's the thing is games to me are kind of like (laughs) books. They're like good books. If a book doesn't catch me in the first three to five pages, I'm going to put it down. And that's kind of the same thing with a game. If if it doesn't grab a hold of me and make me want to keep playing it, then well, I won't play it. And I felt like I was forcing myself to play this game 
So I'm not saying that people won't enjoy it. And I'm not saying it's not for other people, but it's, it's definitely not for me. Definitely not. Um, well, well, yeah, you bring up something that's actually interesting because there's games like Call of Duty and shooters and stuff are like similar to like action films and stuff. And then there's like books, there, there's like games that are more narrative based. So they're closer to like books. And there's things like Untitled Goose Game that are closer to like, you know, an oil painting. Like they're, they're more yeah. of a subjective, like you just need to like look at it for, it's more, uh, simplistic and minimalistic on what it actually is representing or what a game actually is. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, I think you, you enjoy the action slash narrative. Yes, um, very much offerings so. from games, but I think it's interesting that there's all these different angles that you can get from gaming. Oh yeah, absolutely. Obviously no one's going to enjoy all of them. No, you're right. You're right. And uh, that's that, you know, as a matter of fact, that, you know, what you said about me and gaming is what brings me to the second game I played. And I, I'm in love with this game and I can't stop playing it. And I know it's an older game, but I'm very much looking forward to the new one that they're going to be putting out soon. But Batman Arkham Knight and on PC, it is beautiful. It's very visual. It's exciting. Uh, the fighting is fun. I'm, I'm only playing it in normal mode and I have talked to a couple of people who played it in hard and they said it was just absolute enjoyment playing it in hard mode. I don't think that I could do that. I'm not that skilled of a gamer. I just like to have fun. And uh, yeah, I, I am really digging Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, it's free on Ultimate Game Pass or I'm sorry, it was free on, uh, believe it or not, it was free on the Epic is where I got it. Um, they were giving away all three of the uh, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham right, Knight. They did. I remember that. And yeah. then they gave away all three of the Lego. Uh, but that man. was during like Batman's birthday, right? Yeah, uh, the Batman anniversary. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. calling it his birthday. <laughs> well, same thing. Same thing. I mean, you know. <laughs> but it was so cool, dude. It's such a visually stunning game, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm playing it. I believe on high. Uh, on my graphics and I don't have the highest end PC, um, but I'm playing it on high and it's just so I, I, I catch myself stopping sometimes just looking at his, his suit and the rain and all the stuff going on. And it's just so neat. It's just such a cool game. And I'm very excited for uh telltale series that they're coming up with. And yeah, hopefully uh, I'll be able to get that on PC probably through Epic. And uh, yeah, it's man. Amazing game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Definitely. Um, Rocksteady, all their games are really good. The Batman oh, yeah. games. Hell, um, my Batmobile has Rocksteady on it. I've got it tagged with Rocksteady. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, this is for you guys. Dude. You know, I'm, I'm streaming it and I'm just like, you guys did a great job. You know, and when I saw that skin in there for the Batmobile, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get that. Yeah. But what a game. What a sweet game. Yeah, I was basically obsessed with uh, Fortnite this last week, and I know that's cringe to some people, but that not game, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk too much about it. But that game has really turned itself around, and oh, absolutely, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Now it's a chill game. Like now, I play it to chill out, like I, like I play Overwatch, where it doesn't take much thought process. And I've seen you on there a it's couple just, times. Yeah, I've seen you on there, and I've actually thought about jumping back on. Yeah, it's it's super simple now. It's not nearly as nerve wracking. Um, you don't have to be a professional to play it anymore. 
Um, I don't know. It's just way more laid back. And there's, I feel like the game is a lot more fair because mm-hmm. I n- never feel like someone else like used some location to get something to then overpower you. Um, I feel like you can win with gray weapons with the most common weapons. You have just as good of a chance at winning. And what's oh, crazy wow. is I used to never win at Fortnite. Like I, I probably only won once per season, which is really sad. But to be honest, I never really went for wins. I was usually doing the challenges and stuff. And I didn't care about winning the games <laughs> because I just saw it as so unattainable that I wouldn't even go for it. Um, but in this like new season, like I think I won twice in a span of like two days, which is crazy. Like I would never even dream about that. And even th- even saying that. In those games, I wasn't necessarily trying to win until I was in the top 10, and I was like, ah, I might as well go for it. You know? Do you think that maybe because <laughs> of the amount of time you spent on that game that you've just gotten better? Okay, so half of it is because of how many bots are now in the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> it makes okay. it it makes it makes probably 50 less people in the lobby that are real people. Really? But the bots don't always, the bots don't always make it just like night and day easy win. Because even if the bots were so bad that every human player destroyed them, and then the last top 50 was humans against humans, that would be the same as old Fortnite. But no, what yeah. it is is the bots are slightly intelligent enough that they can land shots and assist other humans. So like if you find a group of real players and then you're trying to attack those real players, you may have not beat them but you did because randomly behind them, two bot characters came in and started using supporting fire. And because of that randomness, it makes, I think, some of the more skilled players in the lobby sometimes get taken off earlier than they normally would. And that's just because the whether or not you like the bots, which I think they are a good addition to the game, the bots add a level of randomness that human players... um, used to have but as the game got older and older human players started doing the same things and the bots don't do that the bots will sometimes land at really obscure areas and you never expect anyone to be there and it just makes the game a little bit more balanced i think in the end okay so it's weird that i i did used to think that the bots would kill the game but i think it I think they tested it out before they actually went through with it. I think they actually understood that it worked and it does work. So right on. That's all I really played this week. I did play some overwatch, a little bit of competitive. It's so ridiculous. I don't, I don't know how they haven't fixed the queuing for damage yet. That is, that has been going on such a long time that you have to queue over 10 minutes for damage. It like, I'm probably not even going to, attempt to queue for damage. <laughs> yeah, I know. Season. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it really is. And I have, I have hit queue for all three and, uh, out of probably 20 games that I played, never once did it queue me for damage. Never once. Right. Right. I was talking to my brother about this and we th- both agreed that one of the main problems was that after you finish a competitive match, it takes you out of the queue. Yeah. If it left you in the queue, they could have like an algorithm that says something like, uh, we've thrown you into two tank games and two support games. So you've played four competitive games. 
give this guy a damage. Like there's other yeah. people that are only playing damage. If it didn't kick you out of queue every single time you played a game, if it kept you in queue, it could make like decisions like that. Like, yes. hey, um, you don't have to wait 10 minutes if, you know, you play two tank games, you know, then you get a damage game. Like that would make sense. But at the same time, then it would be like, oh, that's messed up because this other guy was waiting 10 minutes to get in the game and he couldn't get in because it gave it to someone who's playing tank for two games. In the end, it would balance out, you know. So I don't think they should not reward people for picking all three classes. I think if you pick all three classes to queue in as because you don't care, um, it should give you a damage game at least once every five games. Like, it makes no sense because... I think if you did what I did, which is Q for all three, I don't think we would ever get a damage. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, you because never will. Because it restarts the Q every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think that's, yeah, that's something that's actually an easy fix. I mean, look at it. I mean, when you're playing quick play, whether it's arcade or actually any of the arcades, or you're playing uh, regular quick play, it keeps you in the queue. So uh, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, they, that's something they could fix. And I think that that could solve some of the, uh, issues with that, but in regular quick play mm-hmm. where you have to pick all three, if you want, um, you still kind of run into that problem too, even though that queue is continuous and right. It, but I don't think the algorithm takes into the fact that you've been playing for X amount of minutes yeah, or yeah, hours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know. there's got to be a way to do that. You're right. Uh, an, an algorithm that could tell how, how long you've played in what roles in order to give you a, a shot at another one would be a good idea. And it, It's probably an easy fix. It probably isn't that difficult. That's it the thing is, I don't think it's that difficult. <laughs> I don't think it's that difficult. I think that what's more disappointing is that it's just taken so long. There's other things that they've rolled out, like the hero bands and yes. the map bands and the experimental mode. In the time that they did all that, they could have tweaked the queuing somehow, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what's more disappointing is that they didn't even, they haven't like attempted it where, you know, it took them a long time to even get roll queue to start with, which was a nightmare before. Um, but it's just now instead of, so back in the old system, you could never have good balanced comps because there was no roll queue. But now, thanks to roll queue, there are balanced comps. But the disadvantage is, like, you're probably never going to play damage again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, So, yeah. I don't know. So, like, it's for me, it's if I want to play a damage hero, I go to quick play classic. If I want to play a balanced comp, I accept the fact that I'm never going to play damage. <laughs> well, there, you know, that's actually a story that that's going to come up is they're actually making a change to it that could fix that problem as far as the uh, removing heroes in comp and the way that they do that in the hero pool. So that actually it, it might actually speed the process up. Um, yeah. So there is some there is a light at the end of the tunnel, possibly. Possibly. OK, well, um, with you trying to pull a segue um, we might as well segue to the news that works. Um, cause that's all I played this week and I don't, <laughs> have, right. I don't have anything else to talk about on that. Um, right. now a game I am going to be playing though, that I will talk about next mm-hmm. week. And I'm really looking forward to it, uh, because I just found it on, uh, on the, uh, the, uh, Xbox ultimate game pass is, uh, journey to the savage planet. And it looks like a lot of fun from on air, uh, from what I understand, it's supposed to be hilarious 
and fun and uh, story-driven exploration kind of game. Um, So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, It only has a two-person co-op in multiplayer. So unfortunately, it's only two people, but I think that's all you're really going to need. Um, but it looks like a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to this. So I will be playing it for sure tonight and uh, definitely doing a review of that next week. Yeah, cool. I'll try to check out that game too so that we can both talk about it because I think it looks yeah. really good too. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's get it. It actually let's kind play. of let's reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> let's, it kind of reminds me of a game that I'm also going to talk about in the news. So let's awesome. get on to the news. Let's do this. So our top story, or my top story, (laughs) the thing that you've probably already heard about is the new PlayStation 5 controller. Uh, Pictures were released, and there were two pictures. There was one of the front of it, and there was one of the top of it. We don't really Mm -hmm. know what the bottom looks like um, or the back looks like. So there's still questions about the headphone jack, whether it's still there. It probably is. Uh, it'd be pretty crazy if they got rid of that. Oh yeah, and we don't know stupid. if there are. <laughs> we don't know if there's the um, what do you call them? The extra triggers on the back. They made that adapter for the PlayStation Four controller mm-hmm. macros. We don't know if there's going to be macro triggers on the back. Um, it would really really be crazy to not have it. Yeah, because it they designed that adapter for the PlayStation Four controller. And then them not actually go through with that technology in the next gen when they just released this in January, that adapter for the PlayStation 4. Uh, so if it doesn't have the macro, that's kind of surprising. They're but, probably um, going to have it because if you look at they did the same thing with the Xbox controller, the Elite One, where you yeah. had a connector that went on that uh, put those extra four paddles underneath the controller. So, but now the elite two has them built in. So they probably do. Uh, it's the, it's the wave of the future. Anyway, if you want to have any kind of competitive edge in any of these games, they have to have it. Right. But I think a lot of people would argue that it's not necessary for the average gamer, the person that buys a PlayStation for entertainment purposes, not for, I want to be top 500 one day. But you, you know? <laughs> but, the, but the nice thing, though, is if they make these controllers, Xbox and PlayStation Universal, and have those paddles underneath, you can mm-hmm. turn them on and turn them off. You can lock them. So that's the nice thing about it. You don't have to use them. But I, I think once people get used to them, you really do want to. But, you know, that's just my opinion. But I think they're probably going to be on the PlayStation 5 controller. Right. Now, n- not to hate on PlayStation too much. I mean... We, we are both mostly Xbox, but I do love PlayStation. I grew up with PlayStation. Um, I love all their exclusives and all that. So I, I am trying to be a non-biased opinion of this, but I do Xbox think it is funny. <laughs> I do think it is funny that there are things like macro triggers on a PlayStation 4 controller where, in my opinion, it, it is not a competitive controller. I cannot play competitive no. games with a PlayStation 4 controller. It's yeah. fine for single player games, but as far as like com- competition games, that controller is laid out so poorly, in my opinion. Um, so when they came out with that uh, macro adapter, 
the only cool thing about that to me was the OLED screen on it. Because to be honest, I wasn't going to be playing competitively with a PlayStation controller to start with. Yeah. Um, but that being said, we don't know if there's going to be macro buttons on this. Uh, we do know that it is going to have a USB-C port charger on it, which is amazing and kind of expected, but everyone was already tired of the micro probably when the PlayStation 4 came out. Micro was already being hated as a charging port. Um, so USB-C is quite the upgrade. That's great. Um, its light bar is much smaller, so that's probably going to increase its battery life. There's really not much of a light bar at all, actually. It's just kind of around the touchpad, which I'm mm-hmm. assuming is still a touchpad because it's this ridiculously wide area <laughs> that if it's not a touchpad, it's a waste of space. Um, also, there's still a speaker on the front, which is interesting because, to be honest, there were not many games that used the speaker. Mm-hmm. And even games that used the speaker on the controller, it was always gimmicky. Like, whenever you had a game where your character in the game was talking to someone on the phone, it would make the phone call come through the controller. It was always really like, wow, that's corny. And it would be really funny when you were playing a game with headphones, and then suddenly the only thing everybody else in the house hears is your controller talking. That would always be taking you out of the experience. (laughs) Or if you were trying to contain the gaming experience within your headphones, your controller would be talking. So, um I don't know. I think most of the games actually did have a feature where if you had headphones plugged in, it would not do that. But I remember the first couple of years of the PlayStation 4, I did have some games that did that. So I may be speaking about something that is not relatable anymore, but I remember that being a pet peeve of mine. Uh, The only new thing besides the USB-C on it is there is a microphone hole at the bottom of the controller where a lot of people are speculating that this is going to be the assistant feature because they were already talking about patents of having a PlayStation assistant in the controller where you would tell the controller to open up certain programs and stuff, which is a much better idea than like talking to a connect or something like that. Um, Being on the controller is a lot easier, but we really don't even know all of the details that are going into this haptic feedback slash type of patents they've been rumoring about the controller. So we really don't know all the details on the controller yet, but as far as visually, what we can see is mostly the new things are the different charging port and the microphone and the fact that it's hideous. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody agrees that it looks ridiculous. It is the first, if this is the launch controller, it will be the first PlayStation controller that has two tones in it because PlayStation 4 was solid black, PlayStation 3 was solid black, PlayStation 2 was solid black, and PlayStation 1 was like solid gray. So this will be the first with two tones, and it looks like a tryhard to me. It doesn't look classic. It doesn't look modern and sleek. It looks like it's trying to say that it's from another planet. I think it's a little too out there, in my opinion. Uh, It also looks uncomfortable, but to be honest, its shape reminds me of the Google Stadia controllers, which, to be honest, I also have not held, so I don't know if those are comfortable. Uh, But yeah, it looks wider on the top, so I don't know quite how I feel about the way the grips are, but I would have to feel it in person, so maybe we'll get more information about this controller soon. 
But as far as that goes, it did kind of explode, but it was interesting that most of the feedback was negative about its appearance, um, probably mostly due to the two-tone. I think people would have been a lot calmer if it was solid black, um, but that two-tone color is pretty horrendous, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, to each their own. There's probably someone that loves it, so I'm not going to hate on it too much. Um I am excited about the PlayStation 5 as much as I do not think it's going to be the superior console in performance. It probably will in sales, but um, I am excited about the PlayStation 5. Hopefully, we'll get more information on it soon. Um, but speaking of consoles, I'm, I'm still moving on. Unless you wanted to mention anything about that. No, not at all. Go ahead. Okay. Speaking of consoles, um, this was early last week slash almost the week before the Switch uh, stock, not not stock market, <laughs> Switch stock has gone severely low. Oh, yeah. And um, it got to the point where people were selling Switches online for like six to $900, which is crazy because you could buy one for like 300 before that. Yep. And um, now Switches are once again really coveted after kind of similar to the first couple of months that the Switch was on the market. Um, also, similar to the Wii when it was first on the market. So um, we're seeing this you, resurgence of people marking up the Switch. Do you think that has to do with uh, that has anything to do with the release of Animal Crossing New Horizons? Um, it probably half. OK, it probably half has to do with that because everyone was suddenly wanting switches. But the main thing was they were not able to produce enough switches manufactured wise because of. China's shut down and them trying ah. to move it to Taiwan and all that other stuff. So a lot of the different elements are made in different countries. And a lot of those countries have factories shut down. So I think what they were seeing was they were shipping out way too few consoles. And they thought, what if we just cut off all shipping of the console to anywhere for a while and catch up on supplies that way we can actually have stores stocked with it. So I yeah. think they're trying to reevaluate how much they can produce. But what's really sad about that is, of course, they're missing out on sales. Uh, that's a lot of consoles that could be sold that they're choosing not to sell because they don't want people constantly frustrated that, oh, we had one this morning and it's not in the store. Oh, we had one two days ago and it's not in the store. They're trying to cut it off completely so that stores can actually have maybe a back stock for once again. Um, so that is interesting that they're going, going about it, that route in side news, which I don't actually have in my notes, the same thing's going for the ring fit. We've talked about how the ring fit is so successful overseas. Yeah. There are people selling ring fits for about $400 in Japan. If you convert the cash, <laughs> these things are still like 90 bucks. If you get it with the game that's packaged with it. Uh, but, um, th that is ex insanely, um, successful overseas and they've cut off production of the ring fit too so that the ring fit can you know increase in how many they have in existence so don't go to ebay right now and buy a switch or ring fit because it will be extremely price gouged like many other things and i guess <laughs> th th there are some stuff now this this isn't quite as much sorry <laughs> my throat's getting dry um this isn't quite as much as funny, but I was thinking about how we're almost at the end of the world and I don't want to be too bleak, but there are people that could be probably more focused on the fact that 
there's a global crisis that could kill millions of people if we don't get ourselves and lives under control, right? Yeah. And those same people are, instead of thinking about staying at home or stuff like that, they are going out and buying a Switch for like three times the list price. <laughs> I'm wondering who's buying a Switch for $900 is what I'm saying. Somebody <laughs> with a lot more money than me. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's just it's just needless frugality where it's just, who who would do that? <laughs> which leads me to my next story, which is somewhat <laughs> related to, to Nintendo, was remember when we talked about the Levi um, partnership with Mario? Uh-huh. And they were getting the Mario um, designs on jackets and hats the overalls. and pants. Yeah, yeah, overalls. If you go to the actual store, there's a ridiculous amount of stuff now. There's bags and all sorts of stuff. There's handkerchiefs. There's like a handkerchief for like 18 bucks, like a super expensive handkerchief. Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, 100% of it went and sold out within like hours. So... So not only are they buying expensive switches, but these people who should be focused on canned goods and staying at home and paying their <laughs> bills while they can't work are throwing out cash at overpriced Levi's because they have Mario on it. I, I don't oh, know. Wow. Maybe it's only being sold to people that don't have problems, which yeah. I guess is probably true. It's designer clothing um, to an extent. But um, it, it's just it just made me laugh because I was just like, who is... Who's thinking like, I wonder if I'm going to pay rent next month and they're deciding yeah. to buy a $400 jacket. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm not going to hate on people's choices, but I am going to judge you if it's not a healthy choice for you. Like if I guess people have that money to throw around, then more power to you helps the economy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, in a way, I suppose. But yeah, in a way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the money went somewhere as so it went back into the system, but um. Yeah, I, it just boggles my brain because I would never think about doing that right now. This no, is so funny. Not at all. But um, yeah. So there's low stock of switches, and there's no stock of Levi's. <laughs> but um, speaking speaking of consoles, I'm going to skip down to another story real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Atari VCS designer. We haven't talked about the Atari VCS in a while, but the designer is suing Atari for the fact that he hasn't been paid anything. He hasn't been paid a dime for his work on the Atari VCS. Well, they can't get to the post office to mail his check because they're all on lockdown. So chill, bro. (laughs) That's, That's probably what they're saying. But I feel like we already talked about the fact that he hadn't been paid. Yeah. Yes, we, we did. did. Because when he was he was approached for starting that new Kickstarter with a different company, that tabletop mm-hmm. board game that had like holographics on it or something, when people are like, What is this? And like, did you finish your work on the Atari VCS? So they're like hounded down his throat. He was like, Look, guys, I left that project because they never gave me a dime. <laughs> so Which is a good reason. We were all, to leave. Right. Everybody was upset. They're like, Where's our Atari VCS? Like why did you why did you start this other thing that you're gonna scam more people on? And he was like honestly like dudes like they just had me designing it and I did my part and they didn't pay me, so I left. So now he is suing for over two hundred thousand dollars, which sounds pretty cheap. Yeah. Like, well, that's probably maybe you he's know, not big shit, you know. Well, it's probably, you know, because of the fact that he was that was an income he didn't get. 
And on top of it, you know, basically it's, it's a little bit of pain and suffering when and mental anguish, when you have to wait and you don't know if you're going to be able, I mean, the guy was probably hoping for the money to pay some bills. I mean, just like everybody else, you know, he's got, you know, a mortgage or rent or lights, yeah. food, whatever, you know, and now the guy's got to go, you know, collect bottles and cans so he can eat, you know, it's, you know, it's what he's, <laughs> it's what he's, it's probably not that extreme, <laughs> but, uh, he, you know, the bottom I mean, you line never is, know. You know, that's that's some of the stuff people people add on more to these lawsuits because, hey, I had to take time out of my day to sue your ass to pay me for something that I already did. So guess what? You're going to, you, you know, you're going to fucking pay me more. And that's just all there is to it. <laughs> you know, can't believe I almost watched my mouth there. I forgot who we were. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. No, no, I was saying that I thought the two hundred thousand dollars was a lot. I mean, wasn't a lot. I thought it was pretty low because I think it's like, still part pretty of me, low. Yeah. Because part of me is like, okay, this isn't a PlayStation or a Xbox where those designers probably get, you know, a ridiculous amount of money because there's a lot of money to be made off of it. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, this guy worked on the PlayStation 3's design. So he is in that field. So he should have a price range on what he would be paid to design this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, he had an asking price, I'm sure, and he decided to help them probably he probably had an affinity for atari he probably wanted to work for less than he was actually worth and at the end of the day two hundred thousand dollars still seems low and there's also the time factor the fact that he was probably putting way more time than they needed to into this project because it lasted a lot longer so it's not just what he's being paid to design it it's the fact that it took forever to actually get anything done in addition to the fact that the Atari VCS is still not out. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Maybe Atari's going to go bankrupt again. I know that they're not the same Atari that everyone knew in the 80s. They're just Their name is owned by someone else. I know it's not even the same company, but the Atari brand may bankrupt whoever owns them right now. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. So I guess Atari will forever be cursed, but all we can do is hope that the hotels are successful i guess yeah yeah the hotels <laughs> might work i mean it it really depends but yeah <laughs> what if the hotels become like the new version of holiday inn what if it's like everywhere in 40 years and kids are like they made a gaming console 80 years ago about this hotel <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even like no one even remembers it was a console. They're just like, yeah. You're walking up yeah, with I your kid. A, and you're like, Dad used yeah. to play on something that looked just like this building. <laughs> they're like, what? they're like, what kind of shrooms is Dad <laughs> taking? <laughs> yeah, oh it's just it's so dumb. But yeah, you just be like, yeah, I had a long weekend and I can't make it back tonight, so I'm just gonna stay at the Atari. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. But yeah, okay, so next thing in news is uh, Last of Us 2 uh, is doing a very surprising mm -hmm. move. They're, they're um, actually sending out refunds to pre-orders. And that is very interesting because yeah. I'm sure a lot of the people that pre-ordered it are fine waiting. They already oh, yeah. put that money aside. And if it's not coming out in a certain month, I'm sure they're like, yeah, I still want it when it comes out. You know, that's the idea that's the idea of pre-ordering is putting money aside that you may not have later. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that you want exactly. to reserve it before 
you know, it releases and you're like, man, I wish I had 60 bucks, you know? So I don't think these people would really want refunds, but the fact that they're actually encouraging people to go check out the website and ask for a refund if they want one, um, kind of points more fingers at the idea that it may be a PlayStation five launch title that, I mean, with the indefinite delay of it, they may be just already trying to accept the fact that it's not coming to the PS4 until the PS5 comes out. Like it's going to be a co-launch like Breath of the Wild on the Wii U and the Switch at the same time. Uh, We really don't know because they are totally up in the air on when it's coming out. They're not like these other games where they just delayed it to a new date. They honestly just said it's delayed and it's indefinite, you know? So... I don't know. With them now issuing refunds, that makes it even more like win. <laughs> and I, I think it makes it a lot more likely that it's a launch title. So that's going to be really weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe in the meantime, while they're figuring that out, they can also figure out what's going on with backwards compatibility with the PlayStation 5 because we also have issues of um, are people going to have to buy... Uh, cyberpunk twice, you know, for the PlayStation, because on one hand, cyberpunk is not going to be bought twice on the Xbox. They've already said that. But if you have a PlayStation, will you have to buy it twice? Like nobody knows because there's this system where PlayStation saying it's select titles from the PS4 will be ported over. So is it select first party titles or select first party and third party? Which is it, you know? Of course, they're going to wait on that. You know, they're not going to tell you right away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't get Sony with the whole. Um, I don't know. I think they need a little bit of humility at yes. some point, and I hope that yeah. the next gen actually gives them some, because they are very slow to giving uh, consumers what they want as far as compatibility and gameplay and stuff like that they're great at making money and then putting that money into buying studios to keep people buying into playstation they're great at that uh they're great at vr and offering enough titles to keep people happy and not taking their vrs back to the store Mm -hmm. um they're they're really good at those two aspects um they happen to be very wise in where they're spending the money that they're making so that's good but as far as listening to their consumers, they're very slow at doing anything about it. Um, I feel like they've been very disconnected. And that's crazy because you can't say it's because they're a foreign company from Japan because Nintendo's very great at listening to their consumers. You know, So I don't know. I think Sony needs to get a better handle on being more... It's not chummy, but they never have felt connected to their audience. Um, like Nintendo of America and Xbox has been. I never feel like uh, PlayStation's had this presence where they can have a spokesperson come off the stage and just give you a hug. I don't think that's their image. (laughs) However, with Microsoft and (laughs) Nintendo, they're just like, hey, come over here. I'll give you a handshake. Let me take a photo with you. Thanks for playing our games. PlayStation comes out on stage and they're like, a new power is coming or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. They're more about welcome to our empire is kind of their whole yeah. spiel. And <laughs> I feel like PlayStation needs a little bit of like, I don't know if they are popular because of that image, because at the same time, you can't 
say that they're doing something wrong because the dollars speak, you know? Um, so maybe people like being part of an empire. Maybe people like being, I don't know, part of something that feels powerful. I don't know. It's, it's just not nearly as like bro as the other two companies are. Yeah, you're I right. think it's so funny. But, you know, um, Sony, if you're listening, you need to pick up a book. Uh, this is going to help you out. It's by Dale <laughs> Carnegie. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I think it's going to do you some good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my opinion, but, you know, it's how it feels. Yeah. Sony's, <laughs> Sony's the type of guy that you ask to go have a cup of coffee with. He goes up yeah. and not only pays for your coffee, but he doesn't sit down and then walks out. <laughs> yeah. And you're just left there like, okay, good talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was he's awesome. that guy that's he's that guy that's like just too busy to, you know, deal with the peasants, you know. But yeah. he's he's yeah. glad to pay for your cup of coffee. It's fine. He's he's got he's got you. One of those TV show characters where you're trying to make a bid on some sort of a project <laughs> and he's the head of a company and he's like, okay, go. Janie. Did you see what happened? Okay, no, I'm listening to you. Hey, Janie, did you get the paperwork for me? You know, it doesn't seem like they're paying attention to you, <laughs> but they're basically, yeah, shoot me your shit that you want, but I'm not listening. That's just kind of yeah. how it feels. It feels <laughs> like they're a power-hungry executive, and yeah, they they do need some humility. They need to humble themselves, and they need to listen a little bit more to what their community wants. Yeah, they come. Off, they need to quit acting like a robot. They come off as this yes. like corporate robot. And, um, it's, I don't know, like it, at the end of the day, you really, I, I'll say it again. You can't complain because do, the yeah. dollars speak. It's the that's best true. selling console of the last generation. So yeah, that's about to there end. You go. That's just my prediction, but that is about to end. The, the problem really think- is the switch kind of effed up the generations. The switch would by mm-hmm. far beat whatever this next generation is. But, but I think, I think this new Xbox is going to take over PlayStation. <laughs> I really do. That's just that's just my what I that's my prediction. But that's how it feels right now. Is I think this Xbox that's coming out is just going to be a phenomenal piece of equipment, and it's going to make the PlayStation look like shit. I don't think they put enough into it. Uh, they have a badass controller coming out, from what I understand. That's fine, but I don't think they've put enough into their console to compete with the new Xbox that's coming out. Right. And there's that whole thing about how there was the botched launch, the Xbox One, and one of the many reasons was the Connect. how the Connect yeah. was supposedly always listening to you, and that's what freaked people out. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe PlayStation should have looked into that, because now they're attaching a microphone. Yeah. I, understand that, I understand that things like Google Homes and, um, what's it called? Uh, Alexas are Alexa, very popular now. Google Assistant, um, yeah. So it is a lot more acceptable, but at the time it wasn't. And the question is, have we actually moved on? And they're really banking on the fact that people have moved on from you putting microphones inside their homes. Yeah. Um, I don't think too many people give a shit anymore, to be honest with you, because with automation happening and people are able to control everything in their home by their voice. I I don't think people care too much anymore. They're not into that big brother thing going on anymore. You know, even though that right, is a reality. Selling information is a way different story. <laughs> yes. Um, now, yes. I didn't want to talk about this. This is not some prepared story, but since we're talking about it, um, think having assistants like Alexa and Google Home, that can be something that a single adult can use 
in their home and it's no problem and they don't care. And a lot of adults can use it. That's fine. And I think some people are really hesitant to put them in children's rooms. Oh, and there's yeah. a good reason for that because it is a connection that they may not fully trust. And even if they think it's, oh, it's fine. I think a lot of people still in the back of their mind are like, I'm not going to do that. And in the same sense, this is a gaming console we're talking about. Yeah. If they can sell information that your kid says that it overhears through the microphone on it, where he's like, you know, fucking hate Lunchables with ham in it, you know, and then they put that into an algorithm that's like, kids hate Lunchables with ham, you know, <laughs> let's make 5,000 less, you know, in the same sense, like that information is super valuable. And whenever there's a way to sell information, people usually will try to do it without getting caught, you know, which is the, another story, which I'll talk about. The only later. way I think you can um, truly <laughs> satisfy the public with that, um, though. That's a bigger issue. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but the only way I think you could completely satisfy the public and still put your microphone in these things is give us the option to shut off that listening. Right. Give us and, the option to choose for you to listen and, or to, you know, cause most, most of these companies, we've already had them to where it tracks what you do on the internet <laughs> in order yeah. to gain information about what they want to sell you or what you're going to see in advertisements. That's a common thing that happens, but I think they need to give you the option to be listened to or not. And I think if you did that, you're going to garner more trust with your community that way. You know what I mean? People are going to be more apt to say, go for it. Then I'm fine with it. If you give me the option to shut it off. So you're not listening to me, except when I'm actually gaming that, that I think would be a huge, a huge move on their part. As far as gaining that trust. (laughs) Now now let's talk about that trust because Things like a Google Home have a switch on the bottom that says stop listening or listen. So you can physically toggle off, uh, stop listening. And then when you start saying, hey, Google Home, hey, Google Home, or hey, Google, whatever, you wouldn't say home. (laughs) Stupid. If you said, hey, Google, it would not respond to you because it wasn't listening. So you're like, okay, well, then that's annoying if I have to turn it on and off. Then there's a feature within the app where it says that it will not listen to you until you say, hey, Google. And there's another option where it says that you can choose for it to keep listening if you want to keep on a conversation. But if you're like, you know what? I don't trust that because I don't want it to always listen. I'm going to make it only listen to me when I say, hey, Google. Even when you do that, there's this apprehension where you're like, does that button actually do anything? (laughs) Is it a placebo? Yeah, that's what I was just just thinking. Am I actually doing anything? So in the same sense, if there was that option on the PlayStation 5, I'm sure there's tons of parents that would be like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does, does that is that doing anything like is that just literally a toggle switch within a menu like it's not even physical it would be just a choice within the settings and i don't know like they may have to sell like playstation 5 kids controllers that don't have microphones on them they you that know could that be might market. be an option for them too is just to make controllers yeah. without the mics for people that don't want them you're right that's an option. And they'll this make this more money big off of Nerf it. controllers. Got a bunch of Nerf foam on it. <laughs> it's a jitterbug controller with foam. It's the jitterbug for it. kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one big fucking button. You know what's oh funny is the funny part is we're getting older and we're that age that age of people that grew up with video games. Okay, whatever. <laughs> the the type of kid that grew up with video games in the eighties, when it like uh-huh. video games were just getting really big. Oh yeah, uh, those people are going to get to the age where they have jitterbug phones. There's going to be a market for console controllers with like huge ass buttons. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like two inch buttons on every. Dude, because I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, dude. I, I remember, okay, when the first asteroids came out. I remember seeing that first giant yeah. video game of asteroids and you walk in, you put your quarter in the some bitch and you play, you know, after the Atari came out. I remember that stuff and I remember playing them. And, uh, uh, you know, in, <laughs> what you're saying is, is totally true. I mean, the, I, I take my gaming mouse. Okay. I, I use a razor Naga 2012. If people that know that mouse know that it, it can, it does have some attachments that help it conform to the palm of your hand, etc. But you have these 12 small buttons yeah. on the left side. And I'm telling you, man, there's times when I wish I had a bigger mouse. With Let's bigger talk, Razor. Just shoot us an email, Razor. You know? Let's talk. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, Razor, <laughs> make a jitterbug mouse, man. I mean, let's do this because I'll I'll do it. I'll do it in a heartbeat. I'll use it. And uh, yeah, I can see that happening, man. That's funny that you say that, but I can actually see that happening because we are going to have more and more older gamers as time goes yeah. on because gaming is... <laughs> You know, it's such a natural. We got to think right of a now. name for it. What's what would be the title? You because you know jitterbug sounds stupid, but like, what's a cool way of describing a mouse with bigger buttons? Uh, what would you focus on? The wisdom of a wiser gamer? <laughs> like, what would you do? That's, you, I don't you, know. Man. There's got to be a name it for wisdom, it. Or would you call it? Would you like go after the kind of like sorcerer angle of MMOs or something? Would you act like it's like some sort of like ancient power? <laughs> that would be terrible if you called it ancient. <laughs> call it, call it. Oh yeah, the I'm relic. using the ancient razor. Call it the relic. I'm using the relic mouse 2.0 and the relic, the relic, the relic extreme that keyboard. Actually, that actually doesn't sound bad. I, no, it doesn't. I think relic would sound like a pretty cool line. And he, I think you could be like, yeah, I use a relic, man. You're like, yeah, I don't, I don't care if it, it's because I'm old. Uh, it conforms to my needs and uh, I'll still whoop your ass with my relic. You're, you're on RGB, stream and you go, you know, keyboard, you go oh, you know? yeah, I, I use a relic keyboard. And then somebody in chat goes, how the fuck old are you? <laughs> I mean, it's just. You're like, thanks can, for asking. <laughs> I can see it happening. <laughs> I can see it happening. Oh, my like, God. Quit that's hilarious. So surprised, guys. Okay. So guys. don't. Do not steal my idea, you know, listeners, because I'm going to shoot this over to Razor. And I'm going to say, you know, you need a, a new brand of stuff for older gamers with bigger keys called the Relics. <laughs> yeah, and, and you need to even tell them that this is not something that may be, like, viable right now. But within 10 years, oh, next yes. span, you're going to want to be the first one with it. Yes. <laughs> and there's other yeah. people that are going to see it as a need in five to six years. But if you're thinking now about it, like you can, you can be the perfection of the relic line of razors. Yeah. Yeah. Be the face of relics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Oh, the camera's God. over here. <laughs> the game's over. Peepaw. Peepaw, put down the controller. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the new line of r relic monitors and it shows you in front of like this like 60 inch or something <laughs> <laughs> looking looking up through the bottom of your bifocals <laughs> oh my god the, uh, the, the gamer bifocals 
officially yeah. licensed by uh, Astro. <laughs> uh, okay, so I funny. got way off point. I think I was talking about Last of Us. Yes. Um, but that's over. Um, the last thing I have temporarily and before I hand it over to you is that Stadia is finally free, which is crazy. That means Stadia is finally out of beta, the paid beta that everyone paid for in November. Um, so Stadia finally offers a free version and the premium version is free for two months if you sign up now and to not piss off people that have already been with Stadia and have been holding on, they're going ahead and giving those people also two months free of premium. So even previous customers are getting those two months not billed. And uh, so that's pretty cool. If you want to try out Stadia, you can try it out for free now. Uh, if you own the games, you don't have to pay for anything. Oh, wow. uh, so basically, if if you get Stadia Pro, you get some free games every month. And you could play those through Stadia. But if you decide that you're only going to buy the games that you want to play, you don't have to pay for anything. You can just use Stadia and play the games that you've paid for. But you are going to have to buy them on Stadia. There's not a GeForce uh, deal where you can use games you already own. So yeah, if you wanted to buy a game on Stadia... We still don't know how that's going. The, we, we don't know if that's going to just crash and burn because it was too good of an idea, apparently. Um, <laughs> Stadia is offering uh, two months of Pro for free, so you could do that too. Uh, you don't need the Stadia controller. Uh, Stadia controller is convenient because it hooks up to your Wi-Fi, but if you were playing on PC and you're just using the web browser, you can just hook up an Xbox, PlayStation 4 controller, whatever you want, and you can just play through your browser. Oh, wow. Your computer. Uh, through a laptop, whatever you really want. Um, nice. Nice. Uh, as far as phones goes, I think you still need a Pixel phone, which, you know, find someone with a Pixel phone, win $20. Um, <laughs> but as far as that goes, if you have a web browser and you want to try out Stadia and you have some extra cash to buy a game to see how it runs, I mean, you can do that today. Um, I might actually look into this and see what those two free months of Stadia Pro is like, because... If you do the two free months of Stadia Pro, I assume you get a couple of free games and you can just test those out to not pay anything. Just be sure to cancel your subscription in three months because Stadia is trash. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to check out Stadia, go right now and check it out. You can get two free months of Pro for free or you can just purchase games and play for free, whichever you want. Nice. nice. Uh, and I'll hand it over to you. And uh, right. look at that. I talked about a bunch of our mainstays again. I talked about Atari VCS. Yep. And I talked about Last of Us getting delayed again. Yeah, <laughs> I talked about uh, Stadia. Like this, that's our mainstays. That's what that's what we talk about every freaking week. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. Uh, well, there's a couple of cool things. Now I've talked about this before. How Fortnite is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, in the gaming community, Fortnite is leading the charge on. Uh, basically advertising and uh, getting involved with other areas of, uh, of media that people are into, whether it be movies, television shows, uh, songs, uh, albums coming out, whatever it is, uh, characters in comic books, uh, Deadpool is the newest one, um, which is really cool. Uh, 
And I, I think it's really cool how they're doing this crossover kind of advertising for for uh, other areas. And they're partnering with these people in order to, uh, number one, gain more recognition for their game, which I don't know how you could gain more recognition for Fortnite. Because if you don't know what Fortnite is, even as an older person, if you don't know what Fortnite is, you're living under a rock because everybody knows what Fortnite is. And uh, the fact that they're able to do this and partner <laughs> with these companies and make this kind of stuff happen, which is a benefit to them. And it's a benefit to whatever it is that they're advertising for or promoting. Um, but one of the cool things that's going on right now is there's a company out there called Quibi. Uh, Quibi is a, a mobile app. You can only use it on your phone, hence the term mobile app. Um, and it hosts <laughs> all it, sorts of uh, basically. I'm not going to throw you off too much, but is it Quibi or Quibi? No, it's because I've heard both. It's Quibi. Um, okay. If you, uh, yeah, I actually looked up how you pronounce it, and you pronounce it. Uh, it's the pronunciation when they sound it out is K W I H B E E. So Quibi, and uh, kind of like Kiwi, but Quibi, you know. Um, but anyway, what they do is, name. yeah. <laughs> what they do, maybe it is Quibi. I don't know. Uh, it looks like Quibi to me. But anyway, it's a mobile app. You can only use it on your phone. And uh, it's kind of cool because it's a little bit like uh, Amazon and Netflix where they have original short form movies and shows. They have uh, anything from comedy, uh, news programs, uh, television series, whatever it is that you're looking for. And everything is 10 minutes or less. And it's only available on your phone. Um, you can pay $4 a month, which that comes with ads, or $8 a month, which has no ads. Now, the cool thing about this and why I bring it up is because these guys have partnered with Fortnite. And uh, there is a spot in Fortnite, the uh, the drive-in theater. Um, you can go there. And right now, starting, I believe, uh, I believe Queeby, when does Queeby start? Is it uh, April 13th that it uh, launches? Or has it already launched? Uh um, launches April 6th. So I guess it's already launched. Oh yes. It's already launched. Okay. So right now, um, they are doing a revamp, a rework of punked and it's hosted by chance the rapper, which I think is really cool. So now at risky reels, the drive-in theater on Fortnite's Island, you can go there and every hour on the hour you can watch punked. Uh, it's 10 minutes or less. And you can sit there and watch this on the screen. Um, now, you can't rotate the screen or anything like that. So you have to get into a spot where you can actually see it. But it's really kind of cool because uh, apparently, and I didn't know this, but back in December, J.J. Um, Abrams showed off a clip of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker at Risky Reels. Yeah, I remember that. And I there's been other that. promotions for Birds of Prey, Borderland, and now with the whole, you know, Deadpool thing, you know, of course we got the Deadpool takeover. And if you get the, uh, uh, if you get all the challenges done, Deadpool, you can get Deadpool without the mask. So I think that's kind of neat. But right now you can watch Punked every hour at Risky Reels. And it's with Chance the Rapper, which I think is really cool because everything that I've seen with Chance the Rapper, he's a funny guy. He's really personable. I think he's going to be a great TV show host. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, go check that out guys. I know that there's a lot more people that are playing Fortnite, and actually I'm thinking about getting back into it because like you said, it's gotten a little bit easier. It's gotten a little more balanced. And, uh, you know, I mean, last time I played, I noticed that I had, even I had gotten a little bit better. And I think that's, you know, due to playing a lot more first person shooters, 
But uh, yeah, I think this is a really cool thing that they're doing. Uh, this whole cross promotion thing that Fortnite does, nobody else is doing it. And I think that they're missing out on a whole lot of free advertising by not getting involved in it. So kudos to Fortnite, man. And, you know, good for Quibi that uh, or Quibi, whatever it is, for uh, for getting involved with these guys and getting their, you know, this is helping them get their their app out there. So, yeah, it's a really cool thing, man. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and actually check yeah. it out because I just want to go watch Punk for 10 minutes on the big screen and then maybe I'll log off. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so check it out, guys. It should be a lot of a lot of fun. And I can't wait to see what Fortnite does next. Uh, that's one of the things that I like about it is yeah. I've been surprised so many times by stuff that they're doing uh, with this whole uh, this whole cross promotion thing. So, yeah, it's really Just epic in general. Epic in yeah. general does a lot of things that are really surprising. All their yeah, free and, games every month. Oh God, their yeah. whole Lots system. Of free yeah. games. I think they have two out right now. Um, what is it? Uh, Sherlock Holmes and, and Sun something or uh, I, I didn't recognize the, the other title. So I already forgot a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a. They're kind of like horror thriller games. Um, and I know that the uh, the Sherlock Holmes one. I think that takes you through a few different mysteries stories. Yeah, I've so, been in that one. That's a good one. Oh, really? Yeah, it looked like it was really yeah. cool. But uh, but yeah, um, I'm looking forward to see what they do next. And uh, like you said, the whole epic thing, they're just awesome at promoting these things and getting it yeah. out there. So hey, uh, let's, let, let me talk about Quibi real quick since yeah. you were talking about that or Quibi. Let's just call it Quibi. It's fine. Quibi. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Quibi right now. I, gosh, I wish I could get a promotion from them. This is so great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're, they're doing something that's free for 90 days. So that's three yes. whole months. I forget if it's like $5 a month to use it. So it's like Netflix for your phone. It's $4 a month it's with ads for your phone. and $8 a month without ads. See, that's even cooler. So there's two yeah. versions of it. And um, it's like Netflix, but everything, the thing that I am most interested in watching is how the cinematographers shoot these original programs. So they're making original TV shows for Quibi that are all 10 minutes or less. So yeah. they're very short episodes so that yeah. you can watch them while you're waiting on your food or something or watch them while you're on break or something. So that's what they're designed to do, to be on your phone while you don't have much time to watch. It's a great idea, great concept. Riding the but bus, what's interesting doing whatever, is yeah. Yeah, they're shot to be vertical. So everything that's important is supposed to be in the shots vertically. However, they say that you can then rotate the phone to see the widescreen shot, but you don't necessarily have to. So it's think so they're basically shooting these original programmings in 16.9 letterbox, but everything that's important is it within a the center of the screen like yeah. a third of it yeah like a yeah. third of the screen and it'd be really interesting for to watch some of these programs and i really want to know how they're going to pull it off because like back in the day like this is going to make this won't make you sound old but this will make me sound old when i say back in the day with pan and scan back with pan and scan that's kind of what this is but yeah. it's like everything was intentionally shot only in a third of the screen which is actually worse than full screen Full screen is about half of the screen because it would cut off about, you know, the screen's worth on the sides. This is going to be about a third or maybe a fourth of it because vertical videos are 
ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So that is interesting. So this it's like Netflix, but everything is original programming. Yes. Which is cool. So it's and there's a lot original. of stars that are involved with this too. It's more than just Chance yeah. the Rapper. From my understanding, there's a lot of people. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I want to say, is it Jeffrey Katzenberg? Katzenberg, uh, big name yeah. in Hollywood, is involved in this, and uh, uh, Toth uh, Talent Agency is involved in this, and they're a big Hollywood talent agency. So this isn't. Yeah you know, just some fly by night kind of thing. I think that what these guys are doing is they're jumping on the bandwagon along with Amazon and Netflix. And uh, that is the, that is the future of any of these channels is original programming. And if they do anything close to what Netflix or Amazon is doing in like little 10 minute snippets, uh, man, it's going to be amazing. Oh, I really think it. it'll be addictive. I'm seeing a demo right now. It looks like it is pan and scan. So it isn't just the center of the screen. It looks like it, moves throughout the screen so that it doesn't look awkward in widescreen mode, but in holding it straight vertically, it still looks fine. So that's even more interesting. So there's a guy, there's a team that's pan and scan editing all of their videos. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's crazy. So yeah, there's a show starring Liam Hemingsworth. Yep. And stuff like there's some big stars attached to some of these original programmings that I guess they've been working on over a year this would have been a cool company to uh get in when they were smaller because i think this company is going to blow up i've been talking to several people this last couple of weeks about this and i think it's going to be the next big thing um just because they have a clear idea of what they are for and it's it's a good market i mean i like the 100 original content and i like the idea that they're all short that's fine and I like the price, the pricing because you know what you're paying for. And also they know what they are getting paid to create because their content is 100% original. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that if they know by the end of the second quarter, obviously the first quarter will be mostly people using the free trial. But if they know what they made in the second quarter of their existence, they'll know what kind of budget they have to produce content for a quarter, you know, and that will be a very clear idea of what their brand is. I, I think it's really straightforward and it's really easy to understand. So I, I see yeah. this company blowing up. So it is cool that they well, did so a partnership with Fortnite. So I don't mean to totally take over your news. I'll, oh, I'll not at all, dude. Take over not again. at Sorry. all. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of an exciting thing that's happening um, with, you know, uh, like we said, with original programming, etc. So I, I think it's going to be, uh, like I said, it's going to be neat to see what these guys do. This is definitely something that I'm going to watch. I might even go ahead and uh, get the uh, 30 days free and then use it for a couple of months to see what it's like. I mean, because $4 is really not that much. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens, man. But little, it'd be kind of cool to watch a little 10 minute, you know, videos and if it grabs you, if it's something really cool, you know, and it gets your attention in 10 minutes, I mean, because a lot can happen on a video in 10 minutes, a lot can happen and you can tell pretty damn good stories. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but next thing I want to talk about a uh, discord. We all, you know, we all know what that is. A lot of us use it. Uh, we use it to talk to people in game instead of using the in-game chat. Uh, a lot of times it seems that you you get a lot more clearer of a conversation or a better conversation. You're not your uh, game isn't 
you know, bogging down or lagging. Um, well, Discord now has a new beta out, uh, beta beta partnership, actually, with a company called Crisp AI, and that's with a K. Uh, Crisp is a company that uh, uh, they do voice and video settings and use they're using something called, uh, well, it's we all know what noise suppression is, but uh, basically they're using Crisp AI to remove background noises. So like somebody like me, I have a uh, an AC that's right outside of the room where I do my streaming or my gaming. And sometimes, you know, I have to talk a little louder when my AC is on. Well, this is going to remove that. If you have a vacuum running in the background, if your 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 keyboard, whatever it is, um, it removes the background noise so that just your voice is being heard a lot more clearly. So this is something kind of cool. I'm really interested to see um, uh, how this works. I use Discord quite a bit, and uh, this was uh, just a couple of days ago that this story came out. So uh, I've actually noticed in the last couple of days when I'm using uh, Discord, especially on my phone, uh, sometimes before I start my day, I call a couple of people in the UK that I game with and, you know, from Rejected Logic. And we, uh, you know, we talk and it seems like it's a much clearer conversation than a normal phone call. So maybe this is actually working already. And, you know, it's, know uh uh, helping with those conversations so yeah i think it's a good move on discord's part because a lot of people have been complaining uh, about you know you can hear other people's keyboards and you can hear them doing stuff in the background Mm -hmm. you just don't want to hear that stuff you just want to hear their voice and enjoy the game that you're playing so yeah this is going to be really neat to see how this goes also so they're adding like a denoiser basically yeah it's basically a noise suppression is what it is it it just takes out all the background noise and uh but one of the cool things is um, this thing only runs on your desktop. Uh, so it, obviously it wouldn't be working on my phone, but this thing only runs on your desktop only to cancel out noise. It does not send any data to its servers. It, it, uh, they're working. It says that they are working on mobile support. So perhaps that's already going. I don't know, but um, yeah, this is kind of neat, man. It's a good, it's a good thing because Chatting in game, you know, they've got to improve that along with the games that they've been building. So I think that's one of the things that they need to look at next, not just, uh, you know, power and and graphics. It's also about communication. And I think it's going to be cool, man. And Microsoft is actually looking at this also, by the way, I almost forgot that uh, for its Teams video chat platform. Um, they're going to be putting that out later this year, and they're looking at real-time noise suppression also. So, yeah, this is going to be neat, man. I'm looking forward to that. Story short. Uh, next one that I got for you. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Blizzard earlier. Sounds and, good. Uh, the problem with their, um, you know, the hero pools and, and all that stuff. Um, they're making changes to the, to the hero pools, and they're also... Um, the map pools is being removed from competitive play. Um, when they did, you know, back in March, what a month ago, they announced or they introduced the whole hero pools where they were taking out six uh, uh, heroes uh, on a rotating list from competitive play. They were basically banned. Um, and the whole idea from that was to uh, mix it up a little bit and, you know, uh, make you, um, uh, make you uh, try something new and 
build different team composition, uh, different team comps. And, you know, so it wasn't just the same uh, dominant uh, group that was going through and just railroading people. They wanted it to, they wanted to change it up a little bit because, you know, think about it in real life. You know, what if you didn't have that one tank that, that seemed to be OP? What if you didn't have that one, you know, damage that was just smacking the crap out of everybody? <clears throat> and that entire week you had to pick something different. So basically in a blog post that they did, uh, the developer, they, uh, this is a quote. They said that they've received a lot of helpful feedback since hero pools came into competitive play and that the system was achieving their goal of shaking up the meta from week to week. But they've also heard that some aspects of the system was confusing and unclear, including why certain heroes or roles are rotated each week or why the exact number of heroes available is inconsistent from week to week. Cause from what I saw, it would go from four to six, you know, it was just different numbers at different times. Um, and then also, in addition, having separate hero pools for competitive play in the Overwatch League in the same week led to a confusing or disjointed experience for players who follow the league. So basically, you watch the Overwatch League, and they had a pool of heroes that was banned, but it wasn't the same that was in-game. So starting tomorrow, um, they're going to feature one single hero pool that covers both the standard and competitive mode and the Overwatch League. So... They're gonna. It's gonna be the same for both. So if you're playing on Xbox or PlayStation or PC and you're in comp, it's gonna be the same heroes that are banned that week for everybody across the board and in the Overwatch League. So I think that's kind of neat because you're gonna be able to do it, and it's always gonna be only four banned heroes. So they're not gonna do that now. Blizzard did say how that process works, and this is what they said: to determine a week's hero pool. They'll compile hero play play rates from high-level competitive play matches from the preceding two weeks. Heroes with play rates above a certain threshold will be eligible to be removed. The higher their play rate, the more likely they are to be removed. Based on that, one tank, two damage, and one support will be randomly removed from play. And it said that note that heroes will not be removed two weeks in a row. So... That is really cool. They're, it's going to be based on how often these heroes are played. So if everybody's playing Widow, if everybody's playing Widow, then two weeks later, she's going to be banned. If everybody's playing Orisa, two weeks later, she's going to be banned. But they won't be banned week after week. So they'll have to go to the next one on the list, but they could go back to it two weeks down the road. So you're still going to be able to play those heroes it's just they're not going to be there. You know, it, it's just going to be a more consistent way of doing it. And I think it's going to be a fairer way. It's going to, uh, number one, it's going to help you keep up with the league because it's not going to be that confusion of, well, how come they're playing it, but we can't. You know what I mean? It's It it didn't make any sense that they were doing that. So, yeah. Um, and also, instead of uh, uh, now looking at the maps, um, the feedback they got from this whole thing that they were doing people have been asking for the map pools to vary more often than every two months. Yeah, that would be so, great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're saying that when they make updates to those two maps to improve their play in the future, they're going to add them back into the pool at that time. So they're going to be doing, uh, uh, 
the competitive mode will now include every map except for two exceptions. And they're going to rotate those also the same way that they're doing the, the heroes. So I think this is actually a very good move. You know, they did this, uh, this hero pool thing for competitive. And I think that the way that they threw it out there, um, it helped them to get some really good feedback from the community and these teams, and they're making the right move now in order to fix it. So, yeah, I think it's going to make the gameplay a lot better because I really wasn't enjoying it in competitive. Um, there was a couple times I went in and it was just, it seemed like uh, the wait times were even longer because uh, uh, on certain ones, because they, they banned heroes that nobody ever played and the ones that you wanted to see banned weren't. And then there were other times where it was extremely quick. So it wasn't that balanced. And, and like we were saying earlier, it's been taking forever to get into damage and hopefully that's going to fix this situation. So we'll see what happens, man. But I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, I really love overwatch. There's no secret. And I just haven't been yeah. playing it as much <laughs> because it's, it's, it just seems like it's been really confusing to me. So hopefully uh, the explanations that they gave and the plan that they have in order to make it happen will be good. So yeah, starting tomorrow, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So expect a big-ass update too. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Echo, I think, is on everything Tuesday, right? I believe so, yes. I believe Echo yeah. is on Tuesday. Yeah, which will be yes. cool. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that because she flies, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to never playing her because she's damaged. Oh, that's right. Shit. <laughs> you would have to play her in a uh, quick play classic and hope that you have the fastest hardware to uh, select her first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you never know. That might. Uh, <laughs> I mean, on release day, they're going to have a mode where everybody's echo and it's insanity. They always do that. <laughs> well, we were talking about controllers, dude. Uh, did you hear about the new Steam controller? Yeah. Uh, the Valve patent, um, they're hinting at a new uh, Steam controller. I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it looks freaking crazy. Uh, they're talking about a controller with swappable controls. Um, it looks kind of neat. It almost looks like uh, a fatter, squished-in version of an Xbox controller, well, almost like the Jitterbug one that we were talking about with these big-ass circles on the top of it. And then, you, you know, you have your XYBA buttons. And then a, uh, a toggle a toggle switch almost in the center of it, but to the left at the <laughs> bottom. It, it's just really a, a strange looking um, controller, uh, and it looks like they're you know uh, it just looks odd to me. But at the same time, it looks kind of neat. I'm wondering what this you know gigantic disc at the top of it is supposed to do. Um, it says handheld controllers. I'm looking at the patent right now. And it says handheld controllers with swappable controls. Uh, it doesn't give you a lot of details. Um, looking at the uh, at the uh, the 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 uh, patent itself, but it looks like the ta- yeah. the uh, the uh, toggle, the Joy-Con or whatever at the top of it or at the bottom of it. I'm sorry. It looks like that switches out with a a, a D pad, but there's a giant D pad on it, and it's just really strange looking. But 
yeah, so there, I really don't have more on it other than this. I want to look into it uh, a little bit more, but um, it looks like it's customizable um, from the front to the back. Um, there's instances where they say you could have one or more joysticks, one or more D pads, one or more track pads, uh, more buttons. Uh, so maybe it's like a fully customizable controller for, you know, you may not be able to work a regular Xbox controller or a regular PlayStation controller and you're, you know, or even a scuff, whatever, you know, and you, you buy this thing and you're able to customize it to where you can use it. Uh, it looks like there's a four button back cover. Um, it, it looks really interesting, but at the same time, I'm still kind of, kind of confused about it. So I'm definitely going to do some more research into it and see what it's all about. Uh, yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna check it out for sure. So new controller on the on the horizon there from Valve. We'll see what that's all about. Uh, next thing I got for you, man. <laughs> I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, there was a uh, a GTA Six announcement that uh, came out, and basically what it was is it was a complete hoax. A YouTuber made this video, and uh, you know, there's been lots of rumors over about GTA six coming out the past couple of years. I think we even talked about it in another episode. Um, you know, rockstar was, you know, we were, we were thinking rockstar was going to be talking about GTA six. I even think that I said, Oh yeah, that's probably going to happen. But, uh, uh, rockstar came out and said, look, it's, we're not doing GTA six. This was an April fool's joke. And, um, the, uh, the uh, YouTube video was was pretty popular. A lot of people believed it um, and uh, uh, thought that this was going to be happening. So if you did watch it and you think that it's real, you think that it's true, uh, no, it's not. Um, Rockstar's come out and they said flat out that this is not going to be uh, a new game. Uh, GTA 6 is not going to be coming out. Um, this was a complete prank and, uh, yeah. So don't count on it guys. Uh, pretty, uh, uh, Joe designs is the guy who put it out. So you could look him up on YouTube and, uh, it's a fake GTA six logo teaser trailer announcement, all of it. And it was just an April fool's joke. So sorry, it's not going to happen. And the last bit of news I got for you guys is uh, I wanted to share this with you because I was reading this and I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, Resident Evil 3 remake. Uh, there is a secret nightmare and an inferno mode. And there is a way that uh, there are harder difficulties um, from what I'm understanding. Uh, some of it is uh, considerably tougher. And uh, uh, there's a there's a way to unlock these. And mm -hmm. I went ahead and I looked it up and uh, basically what it is, is uh, even on hardcore mode, it's supposed to be from what I understand, not difficult. Um, what you do for nightmare mode is um, you complete the game on hardcore difficulty. Um, and then what will happen is the enemies behave more aggressively the attacks are a lot stronger and the enemies and different items will appear in different locations. So if you're used to that enemy or 
a specific item being in a specific area, guess what? It's not going to be there. I, I think this is kind of a cool thing to do. Um, that if you can beat the game on hardcore mode, it's almost like a reward um, that you're able to do. Now, um, if you complete the game on nightmare difficulty, the enemies are even stronger than in nightmare mode. Um, there's fewer typewriters and item boxes and autosave is disabled. So kind of a cool thing. If you're a hardcore gamer and you you kick these games asses and you're able to beat them every time, this is just a couple of things that you can do. So uh, complete the game on hardcore difficulty and you'll be able to go ahead and unlock the nightmare mode. If you complete it on nightmare, then you go into inferno mode and it gets even harder. So it's something to, uh, to aspire to do if you are a Resident Evil 3 fan. So that's in the remake. Uh, go check it out and uh, see if you mm-hmm. can do it. And if you have, you know, contact the show. Let me know how it was and how difficult it was. And if you have any kind of video clips, I'd like to see it. So anyway, guys, that's all I freaking got. Yeah, um, I don't have too many more news stories. Um, I do think it's funny that I know you already moved past it, but the GTA 6 fake uh, announcement, uh, we already had another one earlier in the year. So (laughs) it is funny that they did it again for an April Fool's joke. Um, uh, just the first fake wasn't like anyone took seriously. It was more of a, just a quick fake that everyone immediately disproved. Um, what else do I have before we close? Um, I actually watched the video mm -hmm. and it's, it's, uh, for the GTA six thing. And it's, it's very well done. I mean, Yeah. It's very well done. I mean, they, it, it just looks really cool. And it talks about Liberty city in 2021. It's supposed to be a place called Liberty city. So. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a reference to GTA four. Yeah. Um, but we had talked about it earlier, uh, in a few podcasts back and we had said, or we had heard rumors about the possibility of including the entire state of Florida. Yeah, there was also rumors a couple of years ago about it being based on Houston. Yeah, that would also be cool. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Florida <laughs> would be kind of interesting because then they could maybe throw in the a bunch of Tiger King memes. But oh wow, <laughs> that would be funny if it was based in Florida and they just made like one of the side missions about going to a tiger community conservation. <laughs> <laughs> that would be right up GTA's alley in their type of humor. Yeah, it would. Um, <laughs> what else do I have? Um, really excited about a new game that's coming out in July that is going to be an Xbox exclusive or a Microsoft exclusive. It's going to be called Grounded. Have you seen this thing? Uh-uh. It's made by Obsidian, who made um, Outer Worlds. Made what? Did you hear me? No. What was it called? Outer Worlds. Oh, okay. It's called Grounded, and just think, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So you're basically a shrunk person, and you're fighting like giant ants and all that stuff. This seems like something that I would have loved when I was a kid. Oh wait, Um, yeah, it's a bunch of kids, right? It's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did see something about this. Game Pass exclusive. 
I oh, think cool. you may have mentioned it months ago. And uh, more information has come out about it, about its actual release date. And um, it looks really good. And I just wanted to remind people about it that uh, this is what Obsidian's next game is. Of course, Obsidian's still working on other projects. So um, I know some people aren't excited about this because they think it looks kind of kiddish. To me, it just looks like a cool exploration game. So yeah, it really I think does. it looks pretty cool. And um, hopefully it's not pushed back. Hopefully it actually releases in July. Um, knowing Microsoft's using their exclusives to push Game Pass, it probably won't get delayed because I don't think they're too worried about physical sales at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, They're yeah. more about trying to get subscribers to Game Pass. Yeah. Um, another thing in news, which is really weird, is um, have you read anything about this Cooking Mama Cooking Star or Cook Star? No, uh-uh. So there is a series on Nintendo platforms. It was on the DS and the Wii, and they were called Cooking Mama. It was a cooking game, which is pretty straightforward. Um, a lot of people really enjoyed it on the DS. It's a very good platform to have a cooking game on. Um, the Switch was a natural progression to move this um, series to, and they were working on a Cooking Mama game for the Switch. Um it was even featured in multiple Switch announcements, and they were leading up to a release date in, I believe it was late March. And ah. suddenly, um, it comes out on the eShop, and suddenly then the title is removed from Nintendo's website, <laughs> and then it's taken down from the eShop, and then... Basically, all of the manufacturing of the game has been canceled. And to this point, the only place you can purchase now the game is off of the Cooking Mama website, where you can pay $60 for a game that was originally supposed to be $40. Uh, you can go look up um, ads for this. If you go to GameStop.com, uh, Cooking uh -huh. Mama is listed as $39, currently out of stock. On Amazon, it's $39, currently out of stock. But none of these retailers are going to get it because the game has been basically removed um, from any type of Nintendo distribution. And basically what happened was right before its release, there were some controversies about the game using blockchaining, which was scaring people about data mining. <laughs> and there was a press release about how blockchaining needed to come to gaming consoles and that it was you know, the future of gaming. And yeah. basically, I guess Nintendo was not comfortable with that being used. I believe it was built in Unity and it was using blockchaining. And so basically, Nintendo and the company that made Cooking Mama never came to an agreement on what was going to happen. Oh, it's G-Force all over again. <laughs> and no, 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 no. It's, yeah, it kind of is. They just went ahead and put it on the eShop and you can't do that to Nintendo because they're just going to be like, okay, you can't just do whatever you want. And we haven't come to, like, they were in an active discussion about it and they put it on the eShop on its original release date. So it was removed from the eShop. Basically, I guess that brand is not going to be on Nintendo anymore. And uh, uh, you could now pay $20 extra to purchase it on their website. So stupid. And but so it, it's it's really weird. There's a lot of really weirdness to it because basically, um, 
it's now a collector's item, and a lot of people say it's a pretty bad game. Like it's not even a good game. So if yeah, you were I, I watched able to a get couple of clips while it, you were talking, and I was just like, nah, not for me. Yeah, if if you did cut, get your hands on this game, just leave it sealed because it is completely just a collector's item. Um, <laughs> it's it exists. There are physical copies of it, but they are not in stores. Um, yeah, there's a lot of PAL listings. There's a lot of European listings for the game, but you're gonna have to buy it directly from the maker of it. You know, and there's not gonna be new versions of the game because it's not gonna support updates because yeah, Nintendo the, is not gonna support it. The creator of it is Cooking Mama Limited, I believe. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird story. There's a lot of weird things about it, about data mining yeah. and stealing your information. Oh, in addition to that, supposedly the game was overheating systems and stuff, like because it was not properly built in Unity. It's like really ridiculous. So there's a lot of weird stuff going around it where it seemed like a, it's weird because it's a franchise that has been going on for a long time. It's like randomly if, um, I'm trying to think of about a third party title. It's like randomly if uh, Rayman came out with a game that, you know, was all about stealing your personal information and yeah. it broke your console. You'd be like, this is a <laughs> franchise that has been around since the early, the late 90s. Like, w like, why was this handled this way? Like, how did it come to this? And it's the same thing. This franchise has been with Nintendo for over 10 years, probably. And to yep. just randomly have this ridiculous happenstance that like not even a third party would dare do. Like there's people that are way smarter than this. I'm guessing what happened was the cooking mama brand thought that they pulled a lot more weight than they actually did. And Nintendo was just like, no, we don't really give a shit about you enough to let you do whatever you want, you know? So really interesting there. Um, crazy how that all ended up. Um, what else do I have? Oh, the One X, the Xbox One X has already ceased production, um, which yeah. is interesting. This doesn't mean that the Xbox One X is going to be hard to find. It just means that they think that they have manufactured enough to get till Christmas, which is probably smart. They probably kind of know what their sales are. Uh, so it's not something to freak out about. It just means that, number one, they're not going to be selling the One X while they're sell selling the Series X. It means that they're not going to be coinciding through the same timeline, basically. It means they're going to focus on the Series X in production now. So it yeah. is being replaced by the Series X. But at the same time, um, the One X isn't suddenly valuable. So <laughs> don't try to sell your One X for like $800 or something. Yeah. Um, it just means that they're going to sell through them and then eventually, you know, there won't be any more. But at the same time, they know that this is a natural amount they would normally have. So um, I could have probably talked about that when I was talking about the Switch, but whatever. Um, <laughs> last thing in news I have is that um, IGN is making their own E3. Yes, have you seen they this? are. Yeah. And Very it's, cool. It's pretty cool because... Um, we talked about how other people were doing press conferences by themselves around the time yeah. of E3, but this is going to showcase basically all the third parties 
that normally were like begging to get on Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo stage to talk about something. So when those yes. big companies paid for the stages, they would then let third parties come and talk about something, you know, for another exchange of money or whatever. Yeah. Um, so this is basically all those third parties that will be hurt. Because when you think about it, with E3 shutting down, we said things like, we don't need E3 anymore because PlayStation already does a direct and so does Nintendo. Like every one of those companies, the three big brands can do their own announcements. They don't need E3 anymore. But the third party companies that may not ever get that big of a platform actually do still need it. And IGN is stepping in and they're going to be making like a showcase for all those third party developers that were usually using the curtails of those larger companies to actually show their product to, you know, the consumer. So this will be really cool. It's just going to be basically like a third party showcase. It's not biased to any console. It's just going to be about different game developers and different games that they're working on. I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. It is. I think it's a great idea. And uh, it's going to get a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, smaller uh, developers, even some of the indies, you know, that it's going to give them a chance to shine and show what they're doing. And uh, I think it's a it's a good idea, man. It's going to bring a lot of uh, it's going to turn into a popular thing, to be honest with you, because it's all going to be digital, right? Yeah, it's all going to be online. There's not going to be yeah. an actual place. And the thing well, is, a lot of they these, can't. <laughs> right. Obviously, they yeah. can't. <laughs> yeah, IGN. IGN is going to have a press. Uh, is going to have like a conference <laughs> where everyone's wearing uh, pool noodles to keep people away from each other. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually saw that online. I saw a guy that had taped pool noodles to his head so that it was six feet from each side of his body. Yep. And he was just walking through that. a grocery store, pushing people away. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I think it's a really cool idea. The, the thing is, a lot of these companies, what they do for E3 is they can't actually make it to the show. So what they do is they record a demo reel with their uh, creators and designers in a production uh, room where they're like sitting in a chair and they talk about their game and yeah. they may have like subtitles if they're not speaking English. Like that whole thing is done. And it's like a short film that they then hand to, you know, Microsoft or whoever's actually at the press conference. They're like, can you play this during your showcase? So that is super easy for IGN. They're basically going to handle the um, already created little showcases that these other companies have. And they're just basically going to press play. You know, <laughs> so it's going to be really simple on IGN side, but it's really cool that they're stepping in because they are completely capable of handling that platform because yeah. as big as E3 is, I dare say IGN has a bigger web presence than any other news outlet in gaming, including oh, yeah. E3. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, like people know E3, but nobody goes to E3.com to find out any news throughout the year. You know, yeah. IGN is a way better place to actually like helm this, you know? So I think that's really cool. Like if it wasn't IGN, it would have to be like Twitch. Those are the only things yeah. that make sense. Yeah. And uh, to, to be honest, IGN has a Twitch channel, right? So it's probably going to be broadcasted on Twitch at the same it, time. You're absolutely right. That is a good point. It probably will be broadcast on Twitch They'll probably partner up with them, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good thing. 
It's going to be cool, cool because I, I I think people are missing out on that right now, and it gives us a way to go ahead and, and see what's happening with the new games and, and whatnot. So, yeah, very cool. Cool. I like I like this better vibes this week. I like this like hopeful tune, and I think this is a good, healthy, optimistic episode. It's yeah, very, it is. It's it's making my heart girthy, you know. Yeah, very girthy, <laughs> very girthy. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, um, and uh, that that is how we wrap up the show. We just we let y'all go in peace, and we keep y'all in our hopes and prayers and. Leave you with a little girth, and uh, may the may the chub be with you, and uh, y'all have a good quarantine. Uh, and don't remember, go crazy. Don't go crazy in quarantine, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talk to yourself if you have to. Yourself is sometimes your best friend. Yep. Yeah. And in this case, <laughs> it is not better to play with a group than with yourself. Yeah, I thought you were somehow going to pull the the chub around to the yourself thing. So I'm, I'm happy with that stellar. <laughs> no, I was not going to pull the chub around to myself. <laughs> I was going to say something dirty, but I decided not to. Okay. There we go. God damn it. Call it, call it the relic. <laughs>